Hi, I'm Richard Wilson, Senior Lecturer in Journalism at Sheffield Hallam University, and you're listening to the SHU Journalism and PR podcast. This week, we're at Grad Talk, where former students came back to Hallam to talk to current students and give them advice in getting started in their future careers. I spoke to some of them as they took part in a networking session. So we're backstage at Grad Talk. With me are two of the panel members, if you can just tell me your names and what you now do for a living. Hi, I'm Tasha and I freelance as a film journalist. I'm Hannah and I work in marketing and communications at South Yorkshire Housing. So how did you get your first job out of university? Um, so some of it was a bit of luck really. So I started off in Sheffield Live as the TV news presenter um, and I kind of got that through Katie Oscraft um, who put me in touch with the kind of lead there. So She was one of your lecturers. I she was one of my lecturers, yeah. <laughs> But you didn't stay in television? No, I didn't stay in television. Um, decided that it wasn't for me after doing it for a year. I really missed the writing kind of thing, which I never thought I would do. And Tasha? Well, it wasn't necessarily a job. I did, a few months after I finished, I did a film PR and marketing internship. Um, because I was freelancing while I was at uni, they were one of the people that would send me like press stuff. So I contacted them. Luckily, one of their like, financing people lived in Sheffield so I met with him and then literally like a month later I moved down to London for a month working on Toronto and Venice Film Festival the international team Anna with your job it's not journalism but it's very closely related mm-hmm. we hear about jobs in journalism being hard to come by is that still the case with, with, with your work in PR and how did you get that foot in the door so I think it is true that getting a job in journalism is actually, it's quite difficult, especially if you do want to stay in an area. I think if you're willing to move down to London, then it's a lot easier. But again, that's a big move. It's a really big cost expense, and for me, that was not an option. Um, So obviously, I was really lucky getting into TV, but then when it came back to getting my foot into the door and wanting to go into kind of marketing and communications, um, I first went back into writing and wrote for a magazine for RMC Media for a year and a half. That kind of was my foot back into the door to get back into writing and then I just was really lucky actually when I got the job at SYHA because it just was the right fit and I was the right person so some of it is about the job being there at the right time for you. You say luck but you have to put yourself in the position to be lucky. Yeah definitely you have to have the work behind you to be lucky but I think that job coming up is kind of just chance it's just someone like leaving a role and then you just kind of see it if you're looking that day for the job so I think always be on the look out. Tasha, you did your internship in PR but now you write and you write about films. So you originally went out, I came out of university and did something, well I suppose it's close to journalism but it wasn't journalism. So I suppose is it important to be able to say, right I want to be a journalist but I'm going to be a bit more were less picky about what I get for that first job and how did that help you get to where you are now? Well, my whole thing wasn't that I wanted to be a journalist. It was more like 
film. I love film and whatever career that I would be in, I want it in corporate. And I thought if I did something else other than film journalism, something like film PR, it would benefit me, even like freelancing, because I've then got them contacts because they know who I am. Maybe like I'll get more opportunities through them because they know me personally. Everyone sort of knows each other, like PRs and journalists, they, I wouldn't say they're friends, but they're very friendly towards one another. So for, it was a big like benefit of being able to do that because the minute that I emailed them, they bounced back and was like, oh, like, yeah, sure, because we've worked with you before. And Hannah, being a presenter, you pretty soon realised actually that once you got beneath the surface, it, it wasn't for you, but it, you were still working and getting an experience to get where you are now. I would definitely say it is not glamorous. It is not a glamorous job. It's grueling. I was working seven days a week from about 7am to 7pm at night because it's not just about the TV presenting. It's actually about going out there. I was finding the stories, filming the stories, then coming back, editing down to packages, writing my own script, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought pretty pretty soon into it, I would say maybe six months into it, I knew it wasn't for me, but I powered through and I, you know, I did a year because I thought it might change, it might improve, um, but still getting that experience and sticking with it for a year was still invaluable because it taught me so many life skills that I still use today. Um, and I would say that if you come out of uni and you don't know what to do, that's totally okay. That really is okay. And then if you come out of uni and you think you know what you want to do, you try it. I mean, for me, like, I knew still how to get an internship in film here, even though I got one. So I just took the safe route. I got a retail job because at least then it was, like, income. I freelanced still on the side. And then if an opportunity came up, it came. At least I wasn't just worrying constantly about the pressure of applying for jobs. At least I still had the income coming in. I'm Zane Molson. I just graduated in journalism in 2019. I currently work in television. I am a researcher on a show called Four in a Bed for Channel 4. How did you get into a position where you have regular freelance work and you are known to the producers, to the people who will be looking for freelancers to work on their programmes? Well, I'd cast my mind back to placement year. Um, fortunately, the university obviously were very supportive of this as well. Um, once I got the initial foot through the door and built contacts and my kind of repertoire, I was able to then build on that and kind of liaise with a lot of people I'd worked with, who in turn passed my name forward onto other people. And from that, I was able to build kind of a nice base and foundation of work. And there was a key defining moment. There was a show I worked on called All Together Now. It was for BBC One. Um, from that, a number of opportunities arose in London. And I guess I'll always cast my mind back to that. How pivotal was the placement year being able to um, go out, spend a year working, but also have the security knowing that you're still at university, you still got that support, and that's what you come back to. So you were in the place of work, but it was just for a year. 
placement year, it was very, very vital in what I am today right now. Um, I guess having that kind of security blanket and cushion of knowing once I struggle to find work or once work's not working out, I have university to go back to. Fortunately, everything did kind of work out. And again, if it wasn't for kind of the constant reassurance and support of the university, you always offered to you know have a chat if things had gone wrong. Um, it would have been a different story. So placement year for me really changed my mindset on everything, and the university's approach was only a different way to enhance that. How do you cope with the unpredictability with the nature of work as freelancers? And is it is it giving you regular work and how do you go about keeping that work coming in? My God, <laughs> freelancers, it's a different kind of beast altogether. Um, it's, it, you really need a thick skin for this kind of work. Um, personally, I am still figuring stuff out. I'm sure I can better myself out. Um, what it is is always kind of, it's like minimal planning, you're scheduling in your head but you're scheduling your life, <laughs> your career in your head and trying to work that out. I guess what I always try and tell myself is if works on a little quiet period right now, try not to get too worked up. You always have different things to fall back on and through the number of skills I learned at uni, whether it be radio editing, TV editing, writing, that's just a different way to keep myself busy so I feel like I have a clear head with that. So you've got a broad skill set? I'd say I have a fairly broad skill set, combining things I've learned from university, taught by yourself, <laughs> uh, and um, from what I've learned at work, I'd like to think I've got quite a varied skill set. Would you recommend going into freelance or would you think, no, actually, probably what's more secure is having a staff job? Honestly, with freelance, you have to be a certain kind of person to do it. Um, not having work can obviously build up a lot of anxious feelings. So if you're one who suffers, unfortunately, from anxiety, I honestly don't think freelance is the way to go for you because it will affect your mental. I mean, even at times, it will affect how I, how my mood is when I've not got work. So you do need to have a certain kind of thick skin and personality to do freelance. But I'll never, I'd also not want to tell someone not to do it. There are a lot of positives and negatives to it. I've, I'm able to shape a lot of personal things in my life due to having time away from work and being a freelancer. So there are definitely positives and negatives. Um, I'm Samantha Ball and I'm a freelance writer for Mother and Baby Online. You became a mum while you were studying. How did that um, hinder or maybe even help you do your studies and getting to where you are working as a journalist? Um, so before I even became a mum I was working three jobs as well as going to university and trying to make a portfolio for myself so I was pretty busy as it was. Um, I was also volunteering as well um, and then when I became a mum it literally completely changed my perspective. I learned how to prioritise, how to, I was quite an organised person anyway but I became more organised in a sense and um, it also gave me some form of drive because I obviously wanted to show a lot of people said that you can't do uni and a baby it just doesn't go hand in hand uh, late night feeds and late night assignments not possible and <laughs> um, but yeah it did drive me and maybe push push me to try and get 
complete my degree, um, show that I can do it and show set an example as well for my son. Um, it also helped massively in getting to where I am now because my friend saw a tweet about um, journalists and, like being mums and how they juggle motherhood and being a journalist. So I was able to then tweet this lady and say, oh I'm a, studying to be a journalist and I'm a mum. And which then she commissioned me for a few articles which in turn turned to work experience which in turn turned into a job so it benefited me massively so he actually helped me get the job I'm in today um, I tried to think where, where I could be I could still be working my other jobs um, but yeah it definitely did give me the drive and ambition to do something and to think right this is it now it's not just messing around it is getting to where I want to be in life it's about making sure that whatever happens you turn it into a positive yeah a lot of people definitely saw it as a negative but um and while i never had plans to have a baby while at university i didn't plan on a lot of things um things happen in life and you just have to sort of go with it you have to try and find a way to not dwell on it because if you dwell on it too much you're going to struggle you're not going to get anywhere but a lot it's same in the industry if you get beaten up about with rejection or something it's not going to help you by sitting thinking oh well I'm not good enough you need to push yourself turn those positives in a neg into a negative negative <laughs> into a positive and say sort of like right okay I didn't get that why well, I didn't I get that and then work from there work on things that you do need to improve on that you might need to improve on your people skills and the communication your grammar just pushing yourself to try and achieve those things and if people can see that you're trying people are going to appreciate that effort and they're going to still they're going to want you because they're going to know how hard you're working towards that. You also um, had a very active website. Yeah, um, so I set up a blog as well while at university um, and it was really successful for a while. Uh, I didn't realise that people actually read it and it was just about day-to-day -day life of being a mum, um, different challenges that that comes with, being a student mum and how I achieved that. And it was just a good way to build up a portfolio because I had features there that I could use for university, that I could use as articles and um, it was a good way to build up a reputation for myself as well because I'd got clear content, I'd got images that I'd taken myself so I'd got portfolio in photography and then in addition to that I linked my social media to the website so I keep those active all the time. I'm Bill Edgar, I graduated in 2018, I studied journalism and now I work on the Hexham Current newspaper which is Northumberland's leading weekly newspaper. Hello, I'm Ollie. Uh, I graduated in 2016, studied journalism, now work for the BBC in Yorkshire, uh, working across TV, radio and online. Simple question, what got you your job? Um, I had, while I was at university, quite a lot of experience uh, working for um, loads of different publications, whether it was radio stations, Chesterfield, small radio stations, hospital radio, uh, running a blog, that sort of thing. Um, so I think for me, one of the big things for going into the BBC, they want to see experience. You're up against a lot of people, it's very competitive. So what's going to set you apart? Um, I've always been a big advocate of saying you have to have loads of experience and you have to send off so many emails asking people, can you let me come for half an hour? Can I come and spend half a day with you? Um, you will get a lot of rejections. That's just the way it is. But for every 10 no's, you'll get one yes who says, yeah, come down. I um, On a whim, 
him, emailed Newsbeat, and they were like, yeah, go on then. Come down for a couple of days, and it was brilliant, invaluable experience, but I just sent off an email, fingers crossed, see what you're gonna get back. I think, um, you know, if you're, you're positively, you know, really thinking about a future in news, journalism, you know, any sort of thing, you need to be committed to it. Like Ollie said, you know, experience is really key. Um, you know, whether that's um, working on, you know, work experience at a newspaper, at a radio station, but also reading news. I think reading as much news from as, you know, as many sources as possible gives you a better understanding of what people are reading, what people's opinions are, and, um, you know, what's going on in the world. You work on The Current, which is, as you said, the biggest publication in Northumberland but not as big as the BBC or the Telegraph or the Mail or whatever. What are the benefits for starting your career at least with a smaller publication not being in London but being in the North East? Well I think being in the North East especially from being from the North East, the North East in my opinion and the North in general is the best place in the country. A lot of uh, jobs and attention in the media is given to London and um, there's so much potential in the North with jobs on newspapers. The reason why um, I chose the weekly newspaper is just because it was something I was comfortable with with my um, future career. It was a perfect place to start. I knew the area very well and um, I just think you know it's the perfect place for me to start and build the skills to um, go on to a future career. Is there something about being in a smaller pond in the north than the big pond in London? Absolutely, I think um, there is absolutely no shame in saying you work in the north, you're from the north. I'm really proud to be from where I am and with that comes so much more experience, so much more uh, life experience than what other people down south don't have, can't have. Um, they don't know what it's like to have rubbish trains, for example. I think working uh, in Sheffield, working in Leeds, in Northumberland, you should be really proud of that and you have so many more um, so many more opportunities um, than what you might necessarily do working down in London. For example, my rent is so much less than what my friends are who live in London, so I don't need to have back-to-back -back jobs, as daft as that might sound. I can say, actually, I don't want to do that for a bit because um, I don't have to financially do it. I'm really lucky to be in that position. Um, there are so many great opportunities here in the north, in Manchester where Media City is, in Leeds where Channel 4 are going to be. Um, and people, organisations, want people from these areas now. Channel 4 put a big advert out wanting authentic voices from the north. We are wanted. Working for The Current, do you think you get to do things which you wouldn't get a chance to do if you were at a bigger paper, like The Guardian or The Independent? I feel like, you know, if somebody was to go into local news, they know exactly what they want and why they want it. Um, for a, a national newspaper or a national corporation early on in your career, you may be up against 100 other people. 50 of them have probably been to Oxbridge with no journalism background, but, you know, they've done something in PPE or English and they feel like they can get themselves in there. If you focus on, you know, being a journalist and with your passion of journalism, you can really um, 
work on that and get the job that you love. My name is Molly Hunter. I did the sports journalism MA. I graduated in 2019, so last year. And now I'm a junior sports reporter for the Press Association. How did you go about getting that job with the Press Association? Um, my It was actually advertised on Twitter. My sister saw it and sent it to me. So I applied for the job and then they got back to me saying they had a lot of applicants and could I write five talking points about the Women's World Cup because it was in, this would have been in June or something, it was early, I hadn't finished the Masters yet. So of course I did that, spent a long time writing about the Women's World Cup and sent it to people to proofread because I wanted it to be perfect, so obviously it's your chance to impress them. So I sent that to them and then they invited me to an interview. I went to the interview and I, it went really well I thought and they gave me a little quiz, sports quiz to do which was at say name the teams that won every league in football the previous season. I had to name the sponsor of Six Nations. I had to name captain of England women's football team. All these questions I had to name. I can't remember some some race, something about race courses. Which was I got that one. I remember that because that's my sport. And then um, they got back to me and said they couldn't choose between me and another candidate. I could I come in and work a day? And then they were going to pick between the two of us. So I said okay. So I went in to work the day, and um, I was sat with racing to begin with. And they gave me this list of racehorse trainers to ring and said bring these people, ask them about this horse, write the story. So I did that all morning. And luckily they all answered the phone, and it went fine. They were really nice. So I did that, and um, they looked at my kind of subbed my pieces and gave me some feedback, which was mainly that they have obviously like a in-house style at PA. Some of my things weren't to their style, obviously they didn't know about it. Um, so they gave me that and then in the afternoon I went on to general sport and I was just doing team news for football, some previews for football and did that through the afternoon and then I felt like it went really well, I felt like I had a good chance and then the next day, I think it was the day after, the Roman Minister got the job. So yeah, and that was in, started in August, at the beginning of August. So knowledge of the of the subject matter, which is sports, seems yeah. very important with all yeah. those tests. Yeah, it was important and also I think what was they said to me because what I didn't realise when I applied was sport and racing are two separate desks they're not together and I didn't realise that and obviously racing's my thing so I applied with a portfolio full of racing journalists and they said to me well it's actually a sports position but if you get it we'll let you do both because you've got this interest in racing and I think really reading between the lines that's why I got the job because I had the versatility to do both so I'd say to other sports journalists if you like something that's a bit niche and you think it's not valuable. It probably is really valuable because there aren't that many people who can write about it. So we have one guy on the team who really likes rugby league and obviously unions are a lot more popular. But whenever some rugby league is doing, he's the guy who's really valuable to the team. So. You mentioned the word versatility. How important is that when you're starting out in journalism? I think very. I found there were quite a few opportunities. Other people seem to have a different experience, but it seems like the more you can turn your hand to, the more chances you've got. I think you just have to cast your net really wide. Um, and you're, just, you're just doubling your chances if you're willing to do other stuff, or you're able, you've got a lot of areas of, of subject knowledge that you can do. So I think it's definitely an asset. You did a, a Masters in Journalism. How did that experience of 
going on and going back to study and changing subject. How did that work? Because you originally did law? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, done, I did law at undergraduate. I didn't really like it enough to continue with it. I worked in marketing for a bit in racing. Um, and then I decided to switch and come back and do a master's to kind of get into journalism. And I was just a different student to what I was on my undergraduate degree because I was a bit older, I was 24, um, and I just took it so much more seriously. I didn't miss a single lecture. I went to everything. Spent so much more time in the library. I think I just valued the opportunity way more, whereas I took it for granted as an undergraduate. It just kind of, I was just assumed I'd go to university and I really took it for granted. But when I was a bit older and I had worked full time as well, you realise how valuable it is. So I definitely worked a lot harder and uh, I knew what to take from it to help me get a job. Whereas on my undergrad, there were probably loads of opportunities like this graduate talk. I just didn't go to. I didn't didn't understand how valuable they were. So yeah, definitely being more mature made I, meant I got the, the most out of the masters for sure. And you said you saw your job on social media. How important is social media to a graduate, to somebody, a student who's starting out in the working world? I think stage one is you have to have like what I call a clean social media profile. Make sure there's nothing contentious, nothing controversial, nothing that you might think is funny but other people could read it in a different way that's definitely stage one and then I think the, the second thing is just to put yourself out there make sure people can find examples of your work through your Twitter if you're looking for work make sure people know about it follow all the relevant people I follow all of the graduate schemes and the entry-level jobs have their own Twitter like BBC get in and all that kind of thing follow them all so when I was looking for a job my feed was just full of application deadline application deadline so it was all in front of me every day so I knew what, what was going on you know and I didn't miss anything because if I'd have missed an opportunity and then found about it later obviously I'd have been gutted so yeah there's just loads of it's just a great way to connect with employers and find opportunities so you'd definitely be daft if you didn't use it I think. You've been listening to the Shoe Journalism and PR podcast keep an ear out for future episodes as well as other podcasts made by students and staff at Sheffield Hallam University <laughs>